0: Today, we honour the indigenous peoples of this land,
1: the oldest continuing conscious in human history. We reflect on their past mistreatment. We reflect in particular on the mistreatment of those who are stolen generations. This blemished chapter in our national history. The time has now come for the nation to turn a new page. A new page in Australia's history by righting the wrongs of the past and so moving forward with confidence to the future. We apologise for the laws and policies of successive partners and governments that have inflicted profound grief, suffering, and loss on these, our fellow Australians. We apologise, especially for the removal of the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander children from their families, their communities, and their country, for the pain, suffering, and hurt of these generations, their descendants, and for their families left behind. We say sorry. and the sisters, for the breaking up of families and communities, we say sorry, and for the indignity and degradation thus inflicted on a proud people and a proud culture, we say sorry. We, the Parliament of Australia, respectfully request that this apology be received in the spirit in which it is offered as part of the healing of the nation. For the future, we take heart, resolving that this new page in the history of our great continent can now be written. We today take this first step by acknowledging the past and laying claim to a future that embraces all Australians. A future where this parliament resolves that the injustices of the past must never, never happen again. A future where we harness the determination of all Australians, Indigenous and non Indigenous, to close the gap that lies between us and life expectancy, educational achievement, and economic opportunity. A future where we embrace the possibility of new solutions to enduring problems where old approaches have failed. A future based on mutual respect, mutual resolve and mutual responsibility a future where all australians whatever their origins are truly equal partners with equal opportunities and with an equal stake in shaping the next chapter in the history of this great country australia there comes a time in the history of nations when their peoples must become fully reconciled to their past if they have to go forward with confidence embrace their future. Our nation Australia has reached such a time and that is why the Parliament is today here assembled. To deal with this unfinished business of the nation, to remove a great stain from the nation's soul and a true spirit of reconciliation to open a new chapter in the history of this great land, Australia. Because the time has come we truly come for all peoples of our great country, for all citizens of our great Commonwealth, for all Australians, for those who are indigenous, and those who are not, to come together, to reconcile, and together build a new future for our nation. As of today, the time of denial, the time of delay, has at last come to an end. The nation is demanding its political leadership to take us forward decency, human decency, universal human decency demands that the nation now steps forward to right our historical wrong. And that is what we are doing in this place today. But should there still be doubts as to why we must now act, let the Parliament reflect for a moment on following facts. That between 1910 and 1970, between 10 and 30% of Indigenous children were forcibly taken from their mothers and fathers. That as a result to 50,000 children were forcibly taken from their families. That this was the product of the deliberate, calculated policies of the state as reflected in the explicit powers given to them under statute. That this policy was taken to such extremes by some admission authority, that the forced extraction of children of so-called mixed lineage was seen as part of a broader policy of dealing with, quote, the problem of the aboriginal population, unquote. One of the most notorious examples of this approach was from the Northern Territory the Protector of Neighbors, who stated, quote, generally by the fifth and verily by the sixth generation, all native characteristics of the Australian Aboriginal are ridiculed. The problem of our half-castes, to quote the Protector, will quickly be eliminated by the complete disappearance of the Black Race and the swift submergence of their property in the White, unquote. The West Australian Protector of expressed not dissimilar views, expounding them at length in Canberra in 1937 at the First National Conference on Indigenous Affairs that brought together the Commonwealth and State Protectors of These are uncomfortable things to be brought out into the light. They are not pleasant. They are profoundly disturbing. But we must acknowledge these facts if we are to deal once and for all with the argument that the policy of generic forced separation was somehow well motivated, justified by its historical context, and as a result, unworthy of any apology today. Then we come to the argument of intergenerational responsibility, also used by some to argue against giving an apology today. But let us remember the fact that the forced removal of Aboriginal children was happening as late as the early 1970s. The 1970s is not exactly a point in remote antiquity there are still certainly members of this parliament who were first elected to this place in the early 1970s. It is well within the adult memory span of many of us. The uncomfortable truth for us all is that the parliaments of the nation, individually and collectively, enacted statutes and delegated authority under those statutes that made the forced removal of children on racial grounds fully lawful. There is a further reason for an apology as well. It is that reconciliation is in fact an expression of a core value of our nation. And that value is a fair go for all. There is a deep and abiding belief in the Australian community that for the stolen generations, there was no fair go at all. And there is a pretty basic Aussie belief that says it's time to put right this most outrageous of wrongs. It is for these reasons, Mr. Speaker, quite apart from concerns of fundamental human decency, that the governments and parliaments of this nation must make this apology. Because, put simply, the laws that our parliaments enacted made the stolen generations possible. We, the parliaments of the nation, are ultimately responsible. Not those who gave effect to our laws, the problem they the laws themselves. As has been said of central societies elsewhere, We are the bearers of many blessings from our ancestors and therefore we must also be the bearer of their burdens as well. Therefore for our nation the course of action is clear. Therefore for our people the course of action is clear. And that is to deal now with what has become one of the darkest chapters in Australia's history. In doing so, we are doing more than contending with the facts, the evidence and the often rancorous public debate. In doing so, we are also wrestling with our own soul. This is not, as some would argue, a black, armband view of history. It's just the truth. The cold, confronting, uncomfortable truth. Facing with it, dealing with it, moving on from it. And until we fully confront that truth, there will always be a shadow hanging over us in our future, as a fully united and fully reconciled people It's time to reconcile. It's time to recognize the injustices of the past. It's time to say sorry. It's time to move forward together. To the stolen generations, I say the following. As Prime Minister of Australia, I'm sorry. On behalf of the government of Australia, I'm sorry. On behalf of the parliament of Australia, I'm sorry. I offer you this apology without qualification. We apologize for the hurt, the pain and suffering we Parliament have caused you by the laws that previous Parliament's have happened. We apologize for the indignity, the degradation and mm-hmm. the humiliation these laws involved. We offer this apology to the mothers, the fathers, the brothers, the sisters, the families, and the communities whose lives were ripped apart by the actions of successive governments a successive parliaments. in making this apology, I would also like to speak personally to the members of the Stolen Generation and their families. Those here today, so many of you, to those listening across the nation, from Yudamu in the central west of the Northern Territory in the Nuremberg, in the North Queensland, to Pijin and Jara, in South Australia. I know that in offering this apology on behalf of the government of the parliament, there is nothing I can say today that can take away the pain you yeah. have suffered personally. Whatever words I speak today, I cannot undo that. Words alone are not that powerful. Grief is a very personal thing. I say to non Indigenous Australians listening today, those who may not fully understand why doing what we're doing is so important. I ask those non-indigenous Australians to imagine for a moment if this had happened to you. I say, your honorable members here present, imagine if this had happened to us. Imagine the crippling effect. Imagine how hard it would be to forgive. My proposal is this. If the apology we extend today is accepted in the spirit of reconciliation, in which it is often, we can today resolve, together, that there be a new beginning for Australia. And it is to such a new beginning that I believe the nation is now calling Australians are a passionate lot, also a very practical lot. For us, symbolism is important. But unless the great symbolism of reconciliation is accompanied by even greater substance, it is little more than a clanging gong. It's not sentiment that makes history, it's our actions that make history. Today's apology, however inadequate, is aimed at righting past wrongs. It is also aimed at building a bridge between Indigenous and non Indigenous Australians. A bridge based on a real respect rather than a thinly veiled contempt. Our challenge for the future is now across that bridge, and so doing, embrace a new partnership between Indigenous and non-Indigenous Australians. Embracing as part of that partnership, expanded link-up and other critical services to help the Stolen generations to trace their families, if at all possible, and to provide dignity to their lives. But the core of this partnership for the future is closing the gap between indigenous and non-indigenous Australians on life expectancy, educational achievement, and employment opportunities. None of this will be easy. Most of it will be hard, very hard. But none of it, none of it, is impossible. And all of it is achievable with clear goals, clear thinking. And by placing an absolute premium on respect, cooperation, and mutual responsibility as the guiding principles of this new partnership on closing the gap. The mood of the nation is for reconciliation now between Indigenous and non-Indigenous Australians. The mood of the nation on Indigenous policy and politics is now very simple. The nation is calling on us, the politicians, to move beyond our infantile bickering, our point scoring and our mindlessly partisan politics And elevate this one, at least this one, core area of national responsibility to a rare position beyond the partisan divide. Surely this is the spirit, the unfulfilled spirit of the 1967 referendum. Surely, at least from this day forward, we should give it a go. Today, the Parliament has come together to right a great wrong. We have come together to deal with the past so that we might fully embrace the future. And we have had sufficient audacity of faith to advance a pathway to that future with arms extended rather than with fists still clenched. So let us seize the day. Let it not become a moment of mere sentimental reflection. Let us take it with both hands and allow this day, this day of national reconciliation, to become one of those rare moments in which we might just be able to transform the way in which the nation thinks about itself. Whereby the injustice administered
2: to these stolen
1: generations in the name of these our parliaments causes all of us to reappraise at the deepest level of our beliefs the real possibility of reconciliation at large. Reconciliation across all Indigenous Australia. Reconciliation across the entire history of the ultimate bloody encounter between those who emerged from the dream time a thousand generations ago. those who, like me, came across the seas of yesterday. A reconciliation which opens up whole new possibilities for the future. For the nation to bring the first two centuries of our civil history to a close as we begin a new chapter in which we embrace with pride, admiration, and awe these great and ancient cultures we are blessed, truly blessed to have most. Cultures that provide Uninterrupted human trade, making our Australian continent
0: to the most
1: ancient prehistory of our planet new respect to see our Indigenous brothers and sisters with fresh eyes, with new eyes, and with our minds wide open as to how we might tackle together the great practical challenges that Indigenous Australia faces in the future. So let us turn this page together. Indigenous and non-Indigenous Australians, government and opposition, come up and say, And write this new chapter in our nation's story together. First Australians, first leaders, and those who first took the oath of allegiance just a few weeks ago, let's grasp this opportunity to craft a new future for this great land, Australia. Mr. Speaker, I commend the motion to the House.
2: I trust you found that an interesting opening to this, the 697th broadcast of Ultima Thule. The track you just heard was Spirit Dreams, Dewey, from the album Spirit Dreams by Ash Dargan, add-on Indigenous Australia record label. Before that, we heard music from Adam Plack, Charlie McMahon, Amaria Dreamseed, And of course the feature of tonight's programme and creating and catalyzing the theme. Most Australians should recognise the spoken word that underlaid most of those tracks. But if you are listening to this overseas or just happen to have missed the events of February, that was from the historic apology to Australia's Indigenous people presented in Parliament by Prime Minister Kevin Rudd. So tonight's program is dedicated to the process of reconciliation and honouring Australia's Indigenous people. Ultima Thule is a weekly broadcast of ambient and atmospheric music that runs for 90 minutes. You can catch it on the Fine Music Network in Sydney, to mbs FM 102.5, Adelaide's 5MBS FM 99.9 and Canberra's Art Sound FM 92.7. If you like what you're hearing live, you'd like to have a listen to an archive of our previous shows, you can go to our website, which is That's ultimathule.info. That's U-L-T-I-M-A-T-H-U-L-E dot info. You can also find playlists and leave comments. Ultima Thulli has just launched a blog space. You can go to http colon forward slash forward slash ultimathuleambient.wordpress.com there you can find information about new releases, reviews, interviews, information about events and gigs coming up, and videos. While having a look at the ultimathoolie.info website, you'll notice that we have our own CD, with tracks exclusively produced for Ultimate Thoolie by some of the finest ambient and atmospheric musicians on the planet. The CD is called Chasing the Dawn. It's available for purchase via the website. Continuing on now with our Indigenous Australian theme, we're going to hear an opening track by Charlie McMahon from his album Chilla Chilla. This track is called Buffalo. You're here with your host, Mark Kundalini. Enjoy.
3: That one, the
2: last track was the title mix of Gapu. The previous track was the original, traditional version of that song, both by Yothu Yindi. Before that we heard Kerlu by Gondwana. And then opening this middle segment was a track by Charlie McMahon called Buffalo, followed by Shadows, again by Charlie McMahon from the album Chilla Chilla. If you've just tuned in, you are listening to Ultima Thule, a weekly broadcast of ambient and atmospheric music, the Fine Music Network in Sydney 2 MBS FM 102.5. It's also broadcast on Adelaide's 5 MBS FM 99.9 and Canberra's Art Sound FM 92.7. Some of you may be listening to this via our web streaming and podcast service. You can go to info for a back catalogue, an archive of previous shows, playlists, and you can also leave comments there. While you're at it, you might like to check out our blog space, which is http colon forward slash forward slash Now into the final segment. This one features some of the... It's a bit of a collage, actually. Features some of my favourite ambient and trip-hop artists from the early 90s. We're going to be opening with a track called Come Together by Primal Scream, followed by Hymn of the Big Wheel by a Massive Attack from their classic Blue Lions album. Then we're going to be hearing from Bob Holroyd, Tribal Trance, and finishing up with a collaboration between Riley Lee on Shakahachi and Matthew Doyle on Didgeridoo. You're here with your host, Mark Kundalini. In four weeks' time I'll be back, but next week George Cruikshank will be in the studio to present the 698th broadcast of Ultima Thule. Until then, kick back, relax, and enjoy.
4: This is a beautiful day. It is a new day. We are together. We are unified and on one accord. Because together we got power. Apart, we the power. Today the on this program, you will hear gospel and rhythm and blues and jazz. All those are just labels. We know that music and music.
0: I you.